0: Thank you for listening in right now. Glad to have you here. My name is Nyla, and this is Greener Thoughts. I help you understand the environment today so you can experience a greener life. Let's connect online. You can reach Greener Thoughts by voice message. The anchor.fm link is in each episode's show notes. You can do so via the Anchor app, Or by email at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Hello and welcome back, everyone. There aren't any episode announcements. I'm going to just start into the next segment. And we're going to just talk about the different headlines from the hemispheres, of course. It is an amazing segment where we talk about and discuss briefly all types of headlines of environmental news all across the globe. The first headline is pretty um, alarming and it's pretty sad as well because there was a recent death um, in the news uh, out of Australia. Um, Australian surfer dies after attack by 10 foot gray white shark and it was reported on HuffPost in the environment section and it comes out of New South Wales NSW and so it was from Queensland where there was a 60 year old surfer who happened to die off the east coast of Australia And it was um, because of an attack by this huge 10-foot great white shark. And the victim's name was not released uh, for different reasons, you know, privacy concerns. And I'm really glad um, that that, you know, happened because even in the U.S., you know, victims, um, the names can't be released if they're under a certain age or other circumstances. So I'm glad that they gave the victim um, and their victim's family their privacy. And the victim uh, had um, been uh, attempted to be rescued by different um, uh, surfers who were around. And they made all the best efforts to rescue the victim. Um, but he did not, of course, survive. And, you know, the, the uh, rescuers were applying first aid to his badly injured leg. And he was, they were fighting off the other sharks that were trying to, you know, come at the surfer. And they also helped bring him to shore. So they did all that they could and um, it was pretty um, out of the ordinary because Salt Beach which is near Kingscliff and all the Australian listeners, you'll probably be more aware of this, um, other uh, area beaches around in New South Wales, they were closed after the attack but it was the third uh, fatal shark attack uh, off the coast of Australia in 2020 but attacks in that area aren't usual they're not typical and so it was uh it was uncommon um that even the officials had even you know uh, seen or heard of any attacks around uh that place um in Australia the second headline is about climate change and uh, seafood so climate change has degraded productivity of shelf seafood webs And that was on Environmental News Network, enn.com. And so Plymouth, uh, uh, England is where the next headline takes us. And the University of Plymouth Plymouth is where the research was um, found. So we all know that climate change, there's a number on animals and us humans alike. But in the summer, the nutrients are from climate change is really doing a decline on one uh, particular uh, species, normally plankton. Plankton being um, northeast Atlantic plankton, and it's been declining by half over the past 60 years. So new research uh, was really showing that larger, more um, nutritious plankton, which are vital to fish and seabirds and other marine mammals and ocean life, they're being replaced um, by uh, primary uh, producers that are really poor in food quality and aren't just uh, sufficient uh, for nutrients. And so this means that there are changes um, from the cloudier and wetter summers to um, bouts of prolonged sunshine and even drought, which I've done a few podcast episodes about. But this means there's going to be um, decreases in iron and nutrient supplies uh, to uh, surface waters, which means that zooplankton are not going to be feeding in the best conditions. And then third and last is another story out of the U.K. So U.K. pesticide standards could be slashed in new trade deals threatening public health and the environment. And this was also found on enn.com, in the environmental news network site. And so this is also out of the U.K. and specifically from the University of Sussex. And it uh, mainly talks about UK consumers and how they're going to be more exposed to toxic chemicals in their foods if trade negotiators from the U.S. um, have their way, Um, according to a report earlier in 2020. It was a poll from YouGov that had revealed that there were um, concerns among the consumers with 71% uh, surveyed that were concerned that a U.S. trade deal will mean larger amounts of pesticides in their food and 79% were concerned with the impacts to their health if the U.K. government uh, actually succumbs uh, or uh, gives in to U.S. pressure to lower pesticide standards. And then a whopping 77% were worried about negative impacts on the environment. Alright, there is some really great news for uh, this podcast episode and it's great because it comes from a really awesome source I use for the research, ScienceDaily.com and uh, I like this topic because it's a bit different. Um, than what I'm I've, I'm used to, specifically because it talks about food preservatives and uh, a unique one that I wish was more mainstream um, or was sold somewhere because there's a specific uh, part of it which I don't think a lot of people have access to. But nonetheless, this is a new way to preserve food and it could be on shelves uh, and stabilized in the future. So why not get a heads up? And talk about it now. Um, You know, I've I've talked about different uh, episodes on food, um, how to, um, you know, get the healthiest foods that you can, how to preserve foods, uh, interesting uh, waves in food, food science, and so I think this is uh, one of the uh, episodes to add to that list. And if you love, um, you know, saving money. Or you know, not wasting food. Um, you know how the compost is another podcast episode I did. It's one of my more popular ones. Then I think that you'd love this episode as well. So we're gonna dive into it and talk about the amazing uh, ability of a food preservation. So we're going to dive in there, and so we're going to talk about uh, what new development has been created uh, out of our research and research labs, uh, namely, it's about eggs. Eggs is are an amazing food, very diverse food, but sometimes they're wasted, and inexplainably. Um, But they are an otherwise amazing base for an inexpensive coating that will protect your fruits and vegetables. And these are what um, the findings that Rice uh, University researchers found. So out of the Brown School of Engineering, they, uh, the different uh, material scientists uh, and their colleagues, they found that they developed a micron-thick coating that will really solve a problem for consumers as well as for the environment. Um, but I cannot wait to see um, how this pans out, especially um, in the, in the uh, near months and years. Uh, maybe this will be on the shelves and you can use it. So, their work was published in the journal Advanced Materials, and so you may be wondering, okay, what's this coat, how does it work, Um, what are the pros and cons of it, Um, how does it um, uh, 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 produced? how is it um, even made? Well, it's pretty easy. It is made of egg whites, aka albumin, and yolks that are about 70% um, of the coating. So, that's a lot of the coating. But um, the rest of the coating is nanoscale cellulose that is obtained from wood, which is a barrier to outside water and prevents the uh, produce, the fruits and vegetables from shriveling. And a small amount of curcumin, which, if you are familiar with the podcast episode I did on turmeric, you will be familiar with that term. Uh, cur- curcumin is amazing because it is found in turmeric and they kind of go one and the same because it's an anti, um, antioxidant and it has antimicrobial powers. Um, and they also added a splash of glycerol to add elasticity to uh, the coating. So egg whites, uh, they got the yolks in there and then they've got the she- the cellulose from uh, wood, pulp, and then they've got, um... Just a curcumin, add it all together, and that's the basic basis for the coating. So, uh, curcumin also um, is an antioxidant, but it's also known for its anti-inflammatory properties. So, um, I did a bit um, as far as explaining it and the wonders of it and how I love it, and my love for turmeric and spices, um, and you know, so many other. Uh, things as well in that um, turmeric podcast episode. Uh, with lab tests that were done, they uh, went ahead and dipped the uh, coating uh, on all types of different uh, fruits and vegetables, namely strawberries and avocados, uh, bananas, other fruits, just to test the uh, freshness. Um, that those produce could last uh, with the coating on them and it was amazing the results you know the the coating uh, maintained longer um, than on uncoated produce so it really did its job so how tough uh, is the coating or how tough uh, did it manage well an analysis of uh, freestanding films of the coating showed a number of things namely five or six things It um, demonstrated that it's extremely flexible. Um, uh, Number two is that it resists cracking and it better um, all around protects the produce. And they even uh, tested the uh, film's tensile properties. And it showed that number three... It was tough as any other products, including synthetic film. So you know that it's durable. You know that that uh, coating is reliable because it can stand against something like a uh, fake plastic uh, used around produce, especially here in the US. We love to use plastic on so many things. It's abundantly clear. Uh, number four is that uh, the coating is completely washable. so You don't have to worry, and it rinses. Uh, cleanly with water uh, for some minutes and number five it is non-toxic. Now something special um, in addition to this, is that the researchers are now testing uh, different proteins that can be extracted from plants, uh, rather than animal uh, produce, to make the coating. So that the egg are part of the coating. For now, uh, in the future, they're gonna, you know, use a plant uh, materials and extracts there uh, to replace um, that coating. In the future, hopefully, it's just as durable and um, really sustaining. So next, I want to leave you with some notable quotables and then proceed to my commentary. So, quote, reducing food shortages in ways that don't involve genetic modification, inedible coatings, or chemical additives is important for sustainable living. The work is a remarkable combination of interdisciplinary efforts involving materials, engineers, chemists, and biotechnologists from multiple universities across the U.S., and quote. And that was from one of the material scientists, uh, Piu uh, Liko A. Junyan. I'm probably butchering that name, but he is out of the Brown School of Engineering uh, at the university uh, that we went ahead and talked about, which is Rice University. This was a great topic. I think uh, the way it was explained in the research and the topic itself was just um, really uh, light and definitely... Um, I think something that uh, will produce a product in the future for maybe others to uh, buy, of course, I would definitely buy this in a heartbeat if I knew that it would preserve as many fruits and vegetables that I go through in a week, uh, namely things like onions, tomatoes. Um, avocados, apples, potatoes. Do you know how many potatoes I go through in a month? I love potatoes and just not having, you know, any uh rotten ones because you know that if you, you know, have them sit out for a bit, you know, after week three, you know, a month, if they're not the hardy kind or they're bad bad quality, for example, you just happen to buy a, a, Bunch, unfortunately, you're gonna have some soggy potatoes and they're gonna be, you know, a few gnats around and it's not pretty. So, to sort of prevent that, why not use a coating? That's, you know, non-toxic, uh, all natural, you know, you can't beat it and it's durable and it beats the best uh, plastic um, uh, wrappings that are out there. You know, in the U.S., we love our plastic so much of it uh, that, you know, less than, you know, a quarter or so is even recycled, and in the world it's even uh, uh it's even even smaller percentage uh when you look at uh the world uh populace but yes i I'm a fan of this topic. I love eggs I should probably do a whole podcast episode on eggs specifically and the usefulness of eggs, but eggs and preserving food um you know you're gonna come out on top and um you know as as long as we can um I wouldn't say mass produce this, but make it so that it's attainable. It's a great price. Um, it, it, it's also um, keeping the the egg format and the egg uh, concoction, but also the alternative ones. So I'm I'm really happy that the scientists are looking for alternatives um, than animal um, proteins for the concoction, because. There are going to be, um, you know, some really angry people out there because they're allergic and they want to, you know, save money, um, save their food, but they can't because they're allergic to eggs. So, you know, the the fact that they're taking it one step further and looking for a different alternative than eggs is fine. Uh, Something has to be out on the planet um, just as um, sharp, just as efficient, just as um, uh, easy to um, replace um, as the eggs, so uh, I think that would be a great uh, thing to happen um, The fact that the coating relies on eggs um it's it's a good thing and a bad thing, but uh, namely because with eggs you know there's a bunch that go bad you know in the u s we produce seven billion eggs every single year, seven billion. Um and that's that's more than the population on the planet cr- currently right now, but manufacturers they reject three percent of those eggs. So either they're in the wrong shape, wrong color, um, they're broken, um, they don't make it to the shelf, um, they're just bad quality. Um, something happened with those eggs. They're rejected for for a number of reasons. But that amounts to two hundred million eggs that end up in landfills. Imagine that those eggs were um made to be uh the coating for different produce vegetables for fruits that would be amazing you know i didn't I didn't hear any uh downsides to the coating um leaving any uh odd taste or any smells. So why wouldn't it be the perfect uh, use for um that coating? uh the i like to um preserve foods um uh, i don't consider it as a hobby but i preserve them in different ways i i love pickling foods i love acidic and sour types of foods i'm a, a fan of vinegar um you know freezing foods you know using reusable containers all those things um i do want to um when it comes to um saving food i want to be able to cure food, so I want to be able to maybe take a class in the future, maybe an Eventbrite class or something like that, and get to doing that canning. Um, I don't want to wait till, like, I'm a grandma to learn how to, you know, can food, and I want to be able to make my own preserves, um, especially with fruits, um, in the next few years. Um, I I think of it kind of as a seasonal thing, like, as a fall and winter tradition, which may not be, um, as, as common, but I don't know. I think it would be great to learn how to do that um, because it's it's a, a a spirited type of activity where you can involve family, friends. Um, it can save you so many um, dollars down the road, and it's a, a valuable skill that I don't think is taught enough as a whole. So um, if I could, I would definitely cure um, certain things. I don't know if I can cure things that aren't, Meats because I kind of want to stay away from you know eating all types of you know different meats that i don't have to I'm trying to stay away from that in general, but maybe you know seafood things or other things. I have to get into the research bit of that, but you know those are just my goals for food preservation because this coating and the use of this coating is kind of a way to preserve food until you need it um like i I mentioned a bit earlier uh, allergies in, in those who, um, are going to be susceptible to them, this, like the, the egg-based coating, it can be easily washed away, um, and it's safely, um, you know, able to use, to be used on fruits, vegetables, um, mainly. So, I think it's, it's valuable that way, but for those who, um, you know, are really skeptical, maybe, Um, there are other, you know, produce, um, washes available for you or something else. Maybe there's going to be a different type of coating in the future that you can use. If that's the case, I'll definitely report on it. And let you all know about it as, you know, an update um to another podcast episode. But um I wanna know when this is gonna hit the shelves because I would definitely buy this. You know, I need something like this in my life. I've I've had produce washes where which are different uh than something that encapsulates um produce itself and will save you so much time and heartache because it's not um, you know, busting your wallet because you don't have to spend on additional fruits and vegetables because they're not going bad as quickly because you have this amazing coating to coat them with. So when this hits shelves, I will be knowing about this and I will be buying this and I'll probably um, do a plug um, in a future podcast episode where you all can buy this amazing um, tech piece of technology, amazing invention. And any updates um, about how it manifests for those who have allergies. The Mother Earth Minutes is where we review, in the next few minutes, proactive things that we can all do to combat the issue in the episode and to protect Mother Earth. Now, there wasn't too much of an issue in the episode, but it did focus a bit on preserving food and ways to do um, it for longer are how we're going to focus on in this uh, podcast episode's Mother Earth Minutes. So I'm going to talk about different uh, natural food preservatives, uh, the ones that you don't want to look out for. Um, the ones that you you know don't wanna um have around or even uh you know have access to alternatives and a bit more. And so they're all uh, valuable things to learn. Uh, One of the first tips, really easy, is to sort of concentrate on uh, food preservatives that are natural. So these are ones that you may be, of course, familiar with. Things like acids. Acids are amazing, uh, namely for something like pickling or preserving uh, foods, you know, marinating it for even a little bit um, is valuable as well. Um, lemon juice, vinegar, these are, you know, in like everyone's cabinet, you know, lemon juice. I even use that for not uh, preserving just, uh, like that, but also for cooking. It's like really great. And it's, it's amazing. So in my shrimp mix, I use a little bit of that, some coconut milk, butter, my um, different spices, and I cook that um, for about 20 or so minutes with shrimp. It's amazing the tang um, with that shrimp and the butteriness. You know, you can add some garlic juice a little bit for some zing. It's really, really savory. It's delicious, and that's how I cook all my shrimp, like now, if I'm not, if I'm not frying it. I do it by um, the stove. And so vinegar, lime, uh, lime, lemon juice, or even lime juice are great acids. Uh, antioxidants, which are great at uh, preserving food as well. Something like citric acid um, is great, and it's an acid as well, not just an antioxidant. So you can definitely use it um, to preserve your food sugar is another one it's great because it removes excess water uh, and then also salt salt does the same thing and it also inhibits growth of uh, micro microorganisms and fungi and all types of other things um and it reduces the amount of water that's available um to whatever you are trying to preserve um it's great for canning as well um, you could also um, do it on meats. It's it's a great way to um, you know preserve meats, and then you stick it in the fridge. There's an amazing YouTuber I follow, I think called Guga Foods, um, and his channel is amazing. He uh, brines um, some uh, meats, but he he um, dry um, uh, he dry coats them. And he does an amazing job at preserving these meats. And then, you know, next thing you you know, he either fries them or grills them or does amazing things. And they taste wonderful. And he he does experiments on all types of stuff. He uh, dry brines them or... I think that's the term. If, If it's not, I'll just... Uh, Correct this at another time, but he coats the meats in different stuff one time He did it in like all butter He did one in like all type of salt and then another in peanut butter. It's like amazing what he does um, With the different meats and they're expensive too So really really cool. Um, You could also try spices spices also slow um, microorganism growth and they slow oxidation um, and so there's a number of different spices you could use, uh, cloves, mustard, like mustard seeds, um, sage, thyme, rosemary, and also oregano. These are also high in antioxidants. Number two is to uh, get in on preserving in different ways. So, you know, most commonly is refrigeration or freezing. Uh, freeze drying is another one fermentation, uh, uh, desiccating, and also canning. These are all different ways of preserving food, and refrigeration is a really common one, also freezing. Uh, From uh, perfectketo.com, there are a number of uh, different um, chemical preservatives in foods that you may probably eat. You know, a bit, or maybe when you're hungry, and want some snacks, but they have tons of chemical preservatives in them. This is a number three tip, and so beware Uh, candy uh, bars and gummies, processed meat products, uh, ice cream, breakfast cereal, unfortunately, um, chips and crackers, salad dressings and different sauces, soda, fruit juice baked goods and mixes and also microwave popcorn are the main culprits uh, for uh, preservatives that are not uh, friendly to your body because they have ill effects. And number four, the last tip is to watch out for these uh, seven preservatives to avoid. Um, I've, I've talked on some of these in different episodes, mainly uh, dealing with foods, but I have them all here for you, so you can definitely put this podcast episode on repeat, share it with friends, share it with that person who just loves snacks, can't, you know, stop eating anything, but I recently watched a uh, episode um, of Freaky Eaters, the US virgin version, uh, where um the lady all she did was eat ice cream and i was so angry i was like how is she still alive and she's eating ice cream like it's nobody's business you guys got to search this for yourself it's insane she has type 2 diabetes now um and she she all she did was she was addicted to ice cream and it all sprouted from her you know divorce and she was you know sad about it and she hadn't seen her grown you know children but i just don't think that that's an excuse to to hoard You know, 40 bars of ice cream and eat them every single day. Um, Now she's doing better. I don't know about her updates uh, from the show, but I know that that was disgustingly um, just shocking to even see. I I couldn't believe that someone could survive three, two years off nothing but ice cream. It's insane, but yeah, that just shows you you know the the power of addiction, but also you know there's preservatives in ice cream, some of the things that I'm going to mention, so uh, one of the first um, preservatives is sulfites now sulfites are found in in foods like wine and dried and canned fruits and vegetables they're in nut butters, unfortunately, like you know um, cashew um, butters and 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 almond butters, etc, and all types of condiments. And they're harmful to you by them um, giving you dermatitis, low blood pressure, hives, um, abdominal pain, and also diarrhea. So that's no fun. Also, the uh, other uh, preservative that's really, really bad is sodium benzoate. So um, sodium benzoate is... um, really used in acidic foods like jams and fruit juice and and all types of sodas, carbonated drinks, vinegars even. But the bad thing about that is that even though it's in those things that seem harmless, it can damage your DNA at the uh, chromosome level and it's linked to ADHD. So if you were having um, attention uh, deficit hyperactivity disorder uh, you you' know, have to you know maybe look at what you're eating in those preservatives in your food if it's not something like it's genetic or it's it's due to something else that you have in the ADhD uh, which is really unfortunate um, nitrites are another um, um, horrible um, uh, preservative because they're in things like cured meats you know bacon sausages salami things that we you know grew up on, but you know no longer eat you know I don't eat that stuff you know too much anymore and they're harmful because these do um, you know produce certain cancers and they're linked to things like stomach cancer um, who the who the World Health Organization has stated several years ago that those meats that I mentioned you know curd meats uh, meats in general really are carcinogenic you um, so um, the next um, preservative is BHA, which is pretty common. You'll see it on all types of processed foods. Um, but they namely do a few things. They prevent oils from becoming rancid or bad. They preserve flavor, odor, color, pa- in packaged foods and in processed foods. But on the flip side, they are a human carcinogen. And these things lead directly to cancers um developing. So in rats, these lead to um uh, tumors in their stomachs and their bladders. And if you don't want that in your body, then don't ingest BHA. The next preservative is calcium disodium EDTA, which is disgusting to even say because it doesn't even sound like real um realness that it should be even in food, but it is used to make things uh seem real, as in preserving color odor flavor uh even texture in food, so it gives it uh that uh that seemingly um uh, uh, normal flavor, but it's not real um you know you'll find it in things like dressings and mayonnaise and even in soft drinks or canned goods. Um, But it's harmful to you because it decreases the amount of zinc in your body and the uh, EDTA can lead to uh, birth defects as seen in rat pups. Uh, Next is uh, sorbates, which uh, do help control bacterial growth like mold and yeast on different products and in foods um, like in cheese and meat and baked goods. But they do also cause uh, DNA damage to human immune cells. Now bromates is, is the last to next um, preservative and it really holds and binds together breads and helps preserve it. So you'll find it in bread and bread products. But it's harmful to you because it is a carcinogen and it leads to tumors and uh, and then being found in your abdominal um, cavity, your kidneys, your, your thyroids um, even. And this was uh, found on, uh, from research on uh, experimental rats. And then last but not least, is propylene glycol uh, this is the seventh uh horrible um, preservative it is antifreeze if you didn't know antifreeze uh, is in cars and it's disgusting because propylene glycol um, you can find in ice cream and all types of processed frozen foods I've seen it on different foods definitely um, you know while shopping it's gross and so I avoid those type of foods it's it's nasty. Um, that we even allow propylene glycol um, in our foods. Um, but the main things that it does is it creates havoc on your body because it has different uh, symptoms like uh, lactic acidosis, which is you having problems with your liver and kidneys and they, they can't remove uh, the l- built up of lactic acid. And also it causes central nervous system depression. You get seizures, hypoglycemia, and you also have trouble breaking down red blood cells and you can end up also in a coma. Warmer temperatures, drought, and deforestation are reducing the ability of tropical forests to absorb atmospheric carbon. That was the eagle fact of the day and it was sourced from the Sierra Club Sierra magazine in the May-June 2020 issue. Alright, so the Eco Company Spotlight is in the program where we are now and it's fun because I get to talk about amazing environmental companies and brands that I love and are doing amazing things for the environment. And they're really great, so much so that I've been doing it for a while now, since February 2019. If you have a brand or know about one that you want for me to review, of course, uh, you can let me know by email or by voice message through Anchor. Um, I really love doing it and I learned so much. Um, mainly by looking up the companies you can learn so much by doing so uh, because it's not just about ingesting their products or sharing uh, their foods or you know services or anything like that like it's uh, it's amazing to uh, figure out where your food is coming from and the people who are passionate about it so much that they share it with you in the world so, uh, one of the latest brands and companies is uh, called Tiesta Tea, and it all started with an amazing male duo uh, where they went uh, abroad for a college semester uh, to Prague. And so, the co-founders Dan and Patrick, they were amazed with the phenomenon of loose tea, and they loved it so much that they wanted to bring it back to the states. And so the The duo worked on that and they found that there were a few problems in finding loose tea and cultivating it, you know, the enormous uh, prices involved. Um, With tea, confusing names and origins of, you know, trying to find amazing tea. And so they wanted to focus uh, on just the function of tea itself and the different flavors. And they wanted to um, do amazing partnerships with cafes and grocery stores. And they continue to do that. And they also wanted to make sure that it didn't have a necessarily essential place. Um, so that means savings all around cause there's no overhead. Um, and so they also wanted to combat, um, you know, different countries and regions around the world not having clean access to water. So Tiesta Tea sets aside a portion of every sale of their bottled teas to build water wells and they build these wells in communities like in Nigeria uh, that uh, has in is home to some of their ingredients for their teas. And they are founded uh, in uh, Chicago, Illinois and they were founded back in 2010. So as far as a commitment to sustainability, TST products are really great because they are caffeine-free, they are non-GMO product verified, they don't have any artificial flavors, they do not contain sugarcane use or even tea extracts, uh, and they do have recyclable packaging. Uh, Their products are great because they have so many. They have their Um, different teas, the loose varieties which you can uh, buy by bulk and have those in containers if you want to brew you know yourself or they have the bottled varieties as well so they sell uh, different products but I'm going to just break it down by function and by tea types because they have different uh, teas and all the names are, are amazing and they sound delicious so you can definitely go onto their site for more on that. But they're broken down by different functions, which I kind of hinted on a little bit earlier. So uh, Energizer is one of the functions. um, So they break it down by what the tea serves to give you. Uh, They got the Slenderizer. They have Immunity Teas, Eternity Teas, and Relaxer uh, Teas. And then they have the tea types. They have Iced Tea, Black Tea, uh, Green Tea, White Tea, Herbal Tea, Fruit Teas, which are my favorite they have uh, caffeine, uh, tea, uh, and then dry ingredients. For the caffeine tea, they have teas that, of course, wake you up, but that doesn't mean that they have added caffeine, which is uh, where I uh, talked about earlier with the caffeine free. And then uh, all their prices are in U.S. dollars and their prices range from about $2.99 to $53 at the high end for their bigger uh, bulks. And my experience of their products was a great one. Um, namely namely because um I had their cold brew tea, um, uh, which was a it was a, a different experience because it was the the Mao Mango Cold Brew, which is the mango pineapple fruit tea, and it was in the, the glass bottle. And I love that they're loose teas. They have them sold and you can brew at home because that's what I love to do. I do always love going and buying and buying a teas in store. I love having it at home and that lasts me for months, years even, those tins. And they're reusable as well. Um, I, I love that they... That the fact that they were found in so many stores valuable because um, it's great if you don't want to purchase online um, but if you do they have the options there on their site and a few other places where you can get their stuff online which is valuable you know you can't always um, you know find that good medium and the fact that they're sold in so many stores across the nation in the U.S. Uh, is brilliant Um, The flavor wasn't the strongest, but I wish that it was. I know that they don't use too many sweeteners, so I just wish that that would have been uh, more strongly pronounced, even though um, it's something that they probably won't improve on in the future because they don't use um, too many, you know, sugar cane sugars. They don't use things like that. They don't use... Um, anything um, that kind of impedes on the flavor of the tea. They want the tea to to speak for itself. And so that's, that's amazing. But for me, um, I'll, I'll probably have to try more of the fruit teas and then add things like agave sugar or honey, um, you know, to them. Agave nectar, not sugar. Um, or honey or something else to them that makes it sweeter on my end. Um, I do love that um, the foundation, the Living Well Foundation, it gives a portion of the proceeds um, with each um, purchase of their bottled variety teas too, which is great because they said that they get, do give back. Um, the The fact that their teas are diverse enough is. Amazing. Um, so I will be buying those in the future, probably uh, via Amazon Smile or something. I'll, I'll definitely buy the ones that you can get um, the loose teas because I love those. Those do um, do well, either cold or hot. And the, their teas I think are great for um, breakfast or lunch. But um, if you want something um, just heated, or even pre- probably have them cold as well. Um, but just following their instructions is probably more optimal. Um, I would suggest having their their teas for, um, you know, maybe a pick-me-up for breakfast, maybe with some some lunch, um, some some you know lunch that you know you can um, you know eat, and, and it's 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 savory. You know, maybe when it's cold outside and you want some tea with your lunch, or maybe a work lunch. Who knows? Um, but I do suggest um you know buying this tea it's really good and so I give it you know four out of five green thumbs up I love the packaging it is recyclable which is a win-win for me and the pricing is great you know $2.99 you cannot beat that and then the high end it's a little bit more at $53 that's one of the more expensive ranges I've seen so yeah it fits you know namely anybody uh, who wants some great tea so Tiesta Tea can be found in-store and online. They have so many places where you can buy their stuff. You can uh, check them out on the website, Tiesta Tea. That's com. They're at Albertsons, Amazon.com, and also probably in-stores as well. Uh, Brookshire's, Costco, Cub Foods, uh, uh, Earth Fair, Food Lion, Giant, Hagen, Heb, Hy-Vee, Lowe's Foods, Lucky, uh, Market Street, Pick and Save, Publix, Safeway, Save Mart, Shop and Save, Target, United Supermarkets, Walmart, Win, uh, Wynn Co Foods, and other fine stores all across the U.S., and Tiesta T can be found online on their social media platforms. Uh, you can check them out on Facebook at Tiesta T. That's T I E S T A T. And then you can check them out at um, Tiesta T. That's all one word, all lowercase. They're also on LinkedIn at Tiesta T Company. They're on Pinterest at Tiesta the T. They're on Twitter at Tiesta T. And also on YouTube at Tiesta T. And I recently subscribed to their channel. To contact T.S.T., you can check them out at the website, T.S.T.T.com, T-I-E-S-T-A-T-E-A.com. And you can go uh, to their um, contact page, or you can uh, just, you know, write into them at their address, 213 uh, West Institute Place, uh, Suite 310, Chicago, Illinois, zip code 60610. United States or you could just go to their contact pages that which is at the bottom of the website uh, to email them or even message them directly I hope that you really loved this podcast episode uh, for the information that was packed into it I know we learned something different especially with the n- an amount of different preservatives And just the amazing uh, natural preservatives that are out there. And just the topic itself. I really had a great time with it because I love eggs. I love saving money, saving food. And it's really a unique way to uh, make food last longer. And so if you love this podcast episode, let me know. Um, you know, by sharing this and listening in on it repeatedly, saving it, the podcast episode itself because there's a number of different platforms that, of course, have greener thoughts on them. But if you favorite the podcast uh, or this episode specifically, thank you so much. Every little bit helps. Every sharing and, and rating of the podcast. I love it. And so, you know, if this episode you come back to and share you know, I'm doing, you know, what I'm supposed to, do, and I'm doing a great job. And that, that helps uh, enable me to create, you know, more and more podcast episodes suited to you and what you may like. So this was fun. So thank you for tuning in and listening, and I hope that you will uh, take this information and learn, you know, and expand upon more ways to preserve food, uh, what preservatives to avoid, of course, and so you let friends and family know about this, Uh, especially those who eat, you know, a lot of junk or, you know, have habits that are hard to break, and, you know, you don't want them to suffer, you know, down the road from the ill effects of, you know, some of those bad preservatives that we talked about. Uh, So, uh, again, as always, uh, be sure to tune in next time uh, for the next podcast episode coming up soon. But until then, please take care of yourselves. And as always, please take care of the planet. Take care. Bye.